Welcome to a Come Follow Me podcast, everybody. We are so excited to have you with us. This is a podcast for seminary teachers by seminary teachers as we discuss the Come Follow Me curriculum and what it might look like in our classrooms. And we're live. We're live, we're live, we're live. Make sure I got the right setting on my phone. Look at that. <sighs> Brian, even though we've been talking for the last hour, how are you? I'm well, Rabbi, well. <laughs> Why call us Yes, out? you know, this has been a very long week, and when I woke up this morning, I was like, it's Wednesday? What's made it long it is the like it should be Friday morning. Is it the cold weather? Is it the lessons? What's been making it long? Um, no, lessons have been great. I, I've loved teaching this week, that's for sure. Um, and we just had a great activity on Monday. Um, no, it's been administrative stuff and ward stuff has just made this week seem like we haven't even had mutual yet. That's tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah, we had we, we were supposed to do the FSY um, kind of get excited for FSY meeting tonight, but we've got all this snow, so they rescheduled it for February sometime. Get a lot of snow? That's not as much as they were saying because they didn't cancel school. It's only been like four or five inches, but it's enough that our stakes spread out enough that people would probably think twice about coming in. And yeah. FSY is too important, folks. So... Yeah. Boy, next week. So it's right now it's 24 degrees where I am. Next week our low is zero. Yeah, we Thursday we have that. It must be the same cold front because Thursday it gets negative two out here. Yeah. That'll be fun. It's a good time. Yeah, I wonder what our feels like is gonna be. Feels like is gonna be negative seven. Oh, that'll be great. Oh, okay. You'll be even colder. My than chickens that. are not gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're having chicken for the next week. All right, let's talk a little uh, seminary. So do you have anything to report from as you keep ongoing learning how the curriculum works and how you're using it? Um, well, I, I mean, I guess I have a related thought. I, I, two things, and they are related, and they're related to the curriculum. So, well, do you want to talk about the activity? Remember the activity we talked about with Oh, the circle game? No, the the oh. uh, come and see. Little... Oh, re remind us what what was the come and see? Activity? So, so I, I guess there's two things. So I'll just say both of them. We'll get them out of the way. I was well, I was thinking about bird watching, mm -hmm. as I'm wont to do, <laughs> and it's very hard to convince someone to want to bird watch, right? I mean, there's not on the surface it doesn't sound that great. And I'm not sure there's been a lot of like bird watching classes that inspire people to now I'm in, I'm in forever. But you know what happens is you know someone who's a bird watcher and they bring it up enough times that you're like, okay, I'll take the bait. And they say, Yeah, why don't you just come with me to Central Park and we'll bird watch for an hour on on Saturday? So you do, and they hand you some binoculars and a bird book. And as you're walking around with them doing it, and you're starting to identify a couple birds and and things start to work, you start to think, this is great. Man, I'm outside. It's nice out here. Um, I, I actually identified four birds and I think I know how to do this. And that was really fun. Success. I might do that. You know, it's it's 
in the classroom doesn't change hearts or minds, but out of the classroom is what it is. And so the thought, and I, I, I had a principal's meeting, and so I taught this there, and then I taught it in faculty meeting yesterday. Our classes need to be springboards to experiences outside of the classroom. You're not going to have that many experiences in the classroom that absolutely change a heart, but you can have experiences in the classroom that lead to experiences out of the classroom that lead to a mighty change of heart, right? And so like our, our class, we ought to be inviting more action and maybe not specific, like I can't prescribe what you ought to do, but we've been talking about this. We've been talking about that. So, so, so here's an example. So we were talking last week, the end of last week, we were talking about just uh, I think it's Philip says to Nathaniel, we'll come and see when Nathaniel says, how can any good thing come out of Nazareth or whatever? Yeah. And so this idea of come and see. So we talked about inviting people to participate in the gospel. And I, I said, grab your journals and let's kind of write some things out. I said, there's three categories. We could invite people who are not members of our faith to come and see the gospel. We can invite people who are not active in our faith, but they are members to come and see the gospel. And then we can absolutely invite people who are completely active in the temple to come and see, you know, a different aspect of the gospel. So I had them write those three categories down. And then I said, now I'm going to give you about four minutes. You're going to brainstorm. You're just going to write down names, as many names as you can under every category. Now, I'm going to limit you to 10 people under the active category because you could name the whole school here in Utah, you know. Yeah. So you're going to write down 10 people that are active. You're going to write down as many people as you can who are less active that you're friends with. And you can write down as many people who are not members of our faith who, are you, who you're good friends with. So they wrote, they wrote the rope. And I said, okay, now let's start looking for some activities you could invite people to but we've got to be really thoughtful about the activity. For instance, you're not inviting your friends who are not members of our faith to go do baptisms for the dead because why? And the kids are like, well, they wouldn't have a temple recommend. Yeah, exactly. So you can't just invite them to everything, but you could invite them to go walk around the temple. And so you might go over to Logan and, and go to Buffalo Wild Wings and then on the way home say, hey, we want to stop walking around the temple. And your one friend, friend who's not a member of our faith is walking around with your group and Sure, he may ask a few questions and they get to see how much you guys love the temple. And But you could also invite them to seminary. That would be a low-key thing. I mean, it's not a seminary, not a pushy place. And anyway, so we just analyzed the right types of activities for active members of the church, the right types of activities for less active members of the church, and the right types of activities for people who are not members of our faith. And I had multiple... Uh, what's that? Yeah, to come and see. And I had multiple, so one girl wrote this and then turned it in. And she said, I have just been invited to be, I've just been called to be the president of my, the oldest class of young women. And this lesson could not have hit in a more perfect place. This lesson has given me the confidence to go invite some of the girls in my class to come to activities more. So that's what I'm doing this week. So hopefully this week she goes and really does call three or four girls and maybe they accept, maybe they don't, whatever, but she has an experience acting on some impressions she had during class and her heart changes a little, not because of class, but because she was out actually bird watching. you know what I mean, as far as that goes. So the activity ended up being a springboard for multiple kids. So I had another kid say, I have a friend who's not a member of our faith that I'm really good friends with. I'm going to find something to invite him to, to the next two weeks, something religious, but not pushy. And I mean, great. Well, 
you know, we'll see if he does it or not. But I, I think I really want my class to be a little more of a springboard to those kinds of things so that kids can go have experiences with the gospel and love it from experience, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the hook then as we look at this upcoming week um, to give us another example of the springboard, like what, what, what could a good application? I know you haven't looked at it yet and we'll just see if we can, you know, rummage up an idea. Yeah. Just out of, out of, out of what we're seeing here, but that's, it's really good. In fact, you're, um, I keep getting my, my lesson gym ideas from you in this conversation, you know, like what can we train on? And um, that idea, you know, you and I both talked about in our years of teaching seminary, it's never a good idea to tell the students how they should be living the gospel like that. If you want to get in trouble with students, do that. Tell them, you know, you should stop watching rated R movies and you guys quit dating all the, you know, before you're six, like those kind of specific prescriptions, you know, it, it can be offensive to a teenager, but if you can set them up to be thoughtful and have an experience with the spirit and, and you, didn't you say with this particular come and see activity, you had several kids say, I'm so motivated to do something with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finding a way to really motivate them. So they walk out of your class saying, I've had, I've had too good of an idea to not do something about it with. Yeah. I want to go do something. I really want to go do something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so, I mean, for, for instance, and we'll look at next week, but yesterday we talked about bringing forth fruit meat for repentance. And we just talked about fruit is like proof, like tangible proof that I'm changing and blah, blah, blah. So today in their journal, they wrote, they made a list of proof from yesterday that they are willing disciples of the savior. They're not perfect, but they're willing. And, and they just list as many things as they could. And then I, was, I said, okay, now you're not going to show those things right now because we don't have time and maybe they're personal. But as you look at your list, how do you feel about your list? And what does it make you want to do today? Now you're going to make another list. What do you want today to look like? I'm hoping that something on their written list today that they're like, I'm going to bring forth that fruit today. I really am. Guy, Springboard. Think about it. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's a good, it's a master teacher's um, goal to, to try to make this matter outside of the 50 minutes you have them. So, all right, well, let's see if we can do it on the fly. This is exciting. So we were just looking at next week and um, I'm relieved to see that John three is in this week because I thought all of John three would be covered in next week, which is John two through four. And um, because that's the one I looked at and I said, are they really skipping the born again part? But they're not. It's actually, even though it's not in our come follow me per se, because it's a doctrinal mastery um, verse, they, and and we already have a doctrinal mastery verse from John 3, 16. They're trying to keep them on separate weeks. And so that's why this one's been kind of moved forward. So, um, all right, well, let's look at the overview. So we've got Matthew 4 and Luke 4 and 5, and then obviously a little bit of John 3 kind of out of order here but we're dealing with particularly this block is about after the savior's baptism going into the wilderness and dealing with the temptation um we uh, the story of the great multitude of fishes with with peter and andrew and james and john is going to be in this week and uh and then it looks like we've got the the nicodemus thing and that's that's basically we're covering all right so we're looking for springboards right so um, Monday's lesson is Matthew 4, 1 through 11, part one of Matthew. F- oh, looks like Matthew 4, 1 through 11 has two parts in that block. 
So the first one is this lesson will help students identify principles to help them follow the example of the Savior in resisting the temptation of Satan. So invite students to think about temptations they're facing, how the Savior can help them resist. Um, and then, so what's part two and how's it different? This lesson will help students follow Jesus's example to recall truths from the scriptures to help them resist temptations in their life. So are you reading this the same way I am? Part one seems to be more general. Part two seems to be more specific that he used yeah, to. Yeah, like part one is general ideas. Part two is how am I going to use the scriptures to do the thing we talked about yesterday? Okay, let's jump into the part one then, because I bet there's a springboard here. Um, I'm just, I want to do a quick little search down. Um, the, the first call out box is about reading scripture passages. There are various ways to read scripture passages in class including reading as a class, reading in, uh, aloud in small groups, students reading silently to themselves. Consider the needs and abilities of your students and select the reading method that will best suit the needs of the class. For example, if some students struggle with literacy, it may be helpful to invite students who read well to read in front of the class. Um, you know, and, and maybe this is a good place for two people to get up and one of them to be the savior. Well, three people, one to be the savior, one to be Satan, and one to be the narrator. And maybe you just do a little reader's theater with these 11 verses, right? Um, we all face temptations. So they're going to talk about temptations um, and how Jesus was no exception. He faced a lot of temptations. Looks like there's some teachings on that. Maybe to reduce the stigma that if you're tempted, it doesn't mean that you're evil. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've got a chart. And, and maybe rec just recognizing. Um, boy. Hmm. What yeah, well, saying to because yeah, I because I do think that the church has made great pains, like with an LGBTQ example, having same sex attraction, feeling those feelings, being that way. That's not sinful. It's the acting yeah. on them. And so, you know, when you got Doctrine and Covenants 2022, that Jesus was an always tempted, but he gave no heed to them. You know, you're you're in good company. He he also was tempted. So maybe that's what they're trying to destigmatize is the temptation doesn't yeah. mean you're evil. It looks like we're going to chart up what the temptations are and how Jesus responded. Uh, so we're really looking at responding to temptation. And, and again, if you're trying to get kids, what do you, what, what would, what would be awesome for them to do outside of class today? Well, keeping track of temptation, like when was I tempted and what do I do about this one? Yeah. I mean, so I could see a little, one of those, a fun little conversation is what's, you know, people who, want to eat healthy what's the biggest what makes it that hard yeah well when we're bored when we're tired when there's food out on the counter when it's the holidays should, and people keep shipping holidays. brownies at your house so we kind of talk through well then what could you do to resist that like what are some things you could replace i mean that's an easy translate yeah. yeah it gets people thinking okay so now if i don't want to look at inappropriate things on my phone When's it probably hardest to resist that? And how can I invite the saver to help me with that? Those kinds of conversations might help a young man or a young woman. And, you know, you give a little challenge that we're going to today, we're going to practice some of the things to help us resist looking at inappropriate things. We're all going to pretend that it's a struggle for everybody. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be weird if you were tempted to periodically use your phone for, you know, inappropriate things, but what are four things we could do today to resist that temptation? Well, and, and, and so that, that beginning of a, of a lesson, that conversation is a great springboard because what they ask you to do after you chart out the temptations 
is to yeah. invite students to look for some some principles to help avoid temptations. And they in this call-out box, they have three of them they identify. We can strengthen our relationship with God, and that'll help us resist temptations. And they're using the JST footnotes, which would be again, helpful to if, highlight. If you pause and say, you guys, what does that mean? What does that look like for a 17-year-old to strengthen yeah. a relationship? What, what would a person see if they watched you do that? And then those are, that's a thing we could work on today. You know? Yeah, the, the, the JST that they're highlighting is the fact that Jesus didn't go in the wilderness to get tempted, right? That, yeah. that could be misunderstood. I want to get better at temptation. So I'm going to go to a place where I know I'm going to be tempted and really see oh, how strong I am. Yeah, what it actually yeah. says is he went in the wilderness to be with God. So the fact that Jesus was actually seeking to strengthen his relationship with his father and temptation just found him along the way. That's not actually unusual for any of us. We're trying to be good. Yeah, yeah. Satan's trying to, you know, but, but that's one principle. They, they highlight diligent fasting can help us resist temptation. The fact that Jesus was fasting. Um, mm -hmm. And again, there's a JST for that. Uh, and then um, recalling and applying truths from the scriptures, which is interesting. They put it here. Cause that looks like that's going to still thunder from, tomorrow's lesson right part two which seems to be all about that which mean, looks like we maybe we're going to be practicing that tomorrow you maybe know? that's right yep yep you're probably right uh um, yeah because you're yeah. so then there's a there's the savior will sucker us in our temptations and then the last two questions what was the most helpful concept you learned about the savior in this lesson and without describing your specific temptation, what is something you feel inspired to do to more fully rely on the Savior's help? So it does seem like this lesson is meant to just set up next tomorrow's lesson and to help you understand some things about the Savior and the nature of temptation. So I don't know. Do you see a springboard for an application or do you think hold it till part two? Well, no, I think there's a possible. I mean, again, as we're as we're analyzing what what we do to resist temptation, hopefully that get. I mean, if if we just analyze the idea of Jesus was certainly not out looking for he he wasn't going to bad websites and seeing if he could resist. Well, let's practice going to good websites today. I, you know, let's practice. I mean, there's things you can practice and springboard. We're still going to do a lot of. I mean, because tomorrow or the next day is definitely we're looking up scriptures that would help with temptations. We're practicing memorizing them. It's almost a bunch of mini doctoral mastery lessons, you know, so yeah. we can practice the general idea of resisting temptation today by going home and never using my phone in my bedroom or in a bathroom or when I'm alone. Yeah. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice the general ideas, you know? Yeah. So you could spend some time in the lesson just saying, you're not sharing this with anybody. Um, but what are your top three temptations like right now, you know? And over the next couple of days, we're going to learn from the Savior on what to do about those temptations. Yeah. And maybe that's yeah. the thing. Um, they're playing with fire at the supplemental of this first lesson. An escape room is an attraction used to challenge people to find ways to escape a particular situation. It may benefit students to look at Matthew 4, 1 through 11 as a plan to help them escape temptation. Now, why I think this is dangerous is because I immediately thought, ooh, you could start the lesson with an escape room. <laughs> yeah. And that that kind of a, I think it could be done right, but I also could see it sucking 45 of your 50 minutes, you know, out of uh, that first lesson if you're not careful. But it is kind yeah, of an interesting concept. It would be better to show the last two minutes of a family escaping an escape room and being like, have you guys ever done that? What's that like? Let's go to the lesson. You yeah, know? instead of actually trying to replicate an escape room. Okay. So then part two, this lesson will continue studying how the Savior resisted temptation. 
uh, it can help you follow his example and recall truths from the scriptures. So yeah, the, the first call out box is using the gospel library app. So I think you're absolutely right. This is going to be practicing. Um, uh, we're looking at, yep, a situation. Imagine your friend is doing a thing. The Savior's experience from 4, 1 through 11, that the scriptures, the principle that was identified yesterday is that using scripture can be helpful. How do you, um, how do the scripture passages that save a quote relate to the temptation? How do you, uh, how often do you turn to the Lord through the scriptures to resist temptation? And what experiences have you had with turning to the Lord? And then it looks like you're going to then practice. So it looks like to have a little conversation. Maybe that's something you can set up on the first day too, is when you think about your top three temptations, um, are there some scriptures that could be helpful for those temptations? And then on the next day, that could be the student preparation for the next day to talk a little bit about experiences with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause then it's going to have you uh, use scripture. Yep. To, to do that. So you're going to do that as a class. Uh, marking content. There's a memorize activity a, so um, probably memorize a scripture that could be a good temptation buster probably. And then there's a ponder and write activity B personal reflection. Yep. So that's, that's what that, that lesson's going to be a little bit more workshoppy. It looks like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there and you can adjust that one when it says, you know, identify and list a few temptations that youth your age commonly face. Identify and list scripture. If you're like, boy, I'm teaching a lot of ninth grade. They don't know that many scriptures. Yeah. Maybe today's a good day to show them how to look up keywords, or it's a good day to say, here's five temptations that we see teenagers commonly face. Here's 10 verses of scripture. Why don't you match them? You know what I mean? Like maybe that's more of the level for your class. Um, maybe yeah. not. Maybe they can yeah. totally go find them, but yeah. No, it's a good adapt uh, adaptation. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, Matthew 5 then is the Wednesday lesson, and this is the fishers of men um, thing uh, using um, the story of of Jesus helping them. Um, Wait, Matthew 5? I'm sorry, Luke 5. Oh, Luke. I was like, holy cow, they really... No, Matthew 5 would be Sermon on the Mount. That's in two weeks. Um, so students, teach students to liken scriptures to themselves is the first call-out box. So trying to, what situations in my life are like those in the passage of scripture? How am I like the people? So that, I kind of like starting off with trying to think and have a conversation with students about when we might need the Savior to step in and make something we've been trying but failing to do produce so abundantly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that's one way you could liken this story. Yeah. And again, there's some great conversations about when do you want your parents to step in and help? And when do you not want them to and why? And I am, and, you know. Okay, take a minute to think of some people who achieve great things because God helped them. What might be important for someone to understand the great purpose? What difference have you noticed in the lives of people who understand God's purpose for them and those who do not? So we're trying to help get Jesus in the boat as our good friend Dallin Craven used to teach. Like, why? Yeah. How did they do that? What does that look like to get Jesus in the boat? I actually still remember that. That that, that was a, a sticky enough saying that I've had that in my head. And sometimes when I'm dealing with something that's hard, I think, is Jesus even in this boat right now? You know, so that could be a, a conversation springboard in some way. Okay, you, you got an application-y thing mm. that maybe we, we, we could end with about getting Jesus in the boat? 
nothing's coming to my head, but I guess as I mean, I'm sure as we ponder. Um, experience stars. Hmm, yeah, because yeah, this, this whole lesson seems to be an exercise in relevance. We're, yeah. we're, we're just trying to take this story. It's a story that's probably pretty well known to our students and trying to help them make it matter in 2023. So this is also maybe a good story, depending on your class, to really let the students maybe have a go at this one on their own to begin with. Maybe. And what are all the different things you, what are the lessons you see all over the place? Now, for the last half of the class, we're going to focus on this one, but. It's only 11 verses, so totally could do that. You could introduce yeah, the, and the idea it's that. It's a story that's pretty easy to understand as far yeah. as just reading the story. Words, yeah. words and what they mean. Yeah. So, so to, to introduce the idea that one of the important things we ought to be able to do with scripture is liken it, you know, so you could use First Nephi 19. You could also use the idea of the Liahona, you know, from maybe Alma when he talks about how small and simple things, Alma 37, um, great things. And you can be directed in your own wildernesses with, you know, the scriptures being a Liahona. And so let's uh, let's practice maybe today taking a pretty well-known story of Jesus calling Peter and James and John uh, and Andrew and using the miracle of the fish. But let's try to like look for ways that that links to your own life. And what are some possible applications for you, maybe specifically, or for a teenager generally? And let's see how many ideas we can get. And maybe, yeah, you kind of get out of the way a little bit with that one. Yeah. yeah. But still, I, I, I do like the idea of, so then what does it look like to get Jesus in the boat? Do we yeah. have other examples from... Um, from your life or from people you know, or from maybe from other stories in the scriptures where we see Jesus producing something beyond what somebody was expecting, but because they, they relied on him, you know? I mean, uh, gosh, you could analyze how did Nephi allow the Savior to help him as he's building a boat? Well, that looked like going up into the mountain from time to time and having revelation about things from time to time and doing a lot of work on your own from time to time and trying to get the help of others. You know what I mean? There's there's a how it might look, you know. Yeah, that's it's a longer version than just throw your nets overboard and I'll fill it with fish miraculously. Yeah, yeah. yeah or or the brother of Jared and, and the stones, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then and then at some point though, you want to turn the corner and say, so have you seen that? I mean- has Jesus ever touched something or or helped you do something that you look back and you go, holy smokes, I couldn't have done that on my own. Well, if it was not for the Savior, I don't think this could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then it looks like Thursday is your context for the doctrinal mastery. So you're going to jump out of order, um, but you're going to go to Nicodemus and you're going to look at uh, the first eight verses and kind of contextualize what Jesus teaches Nicodemus in those first eight verses. Um, it does look like they're introducing a scenario uh, about a teenager who wants to change. Let's see. Think of a scenario about a teenager who wants to change, come closer to the Savior, experience more peace, but is not sure how. So I guess they're putting Nicodemus in that same boat. He wants to understand. He just isn't figuring it out. Doctrinal yeah. mastery verse. Uh, the principle, we're going to talk a little bit about the doctrine and a baptism confirmation. There's a video about changing hearts. And I bet we're getting close, uh, helping others. 
Yeah. So this one, this one definitely, I mean, these contextual doctor master lessons seem to be a lot more about no one understand, right? Just like get the doctrine kind of straight because then you're going to practice, um, you know, examining with an eternal perspective and seeking further knowledge to divine sources and, you know, practicing helping somebody with it, which is, yep, what we got going on here. Um, have, have, what's been your experience with doctrinal mastery lessons so far? Have we, I can't remember how many have we done just a couple, right? Um, yeah, just a couple. Uh, so, I mean, so far it, it's been great. I I've tried to be reasonably true to the curriculum by teaching it just within its context the day before and really saying to the kids tomorrow, we're going to deep dive into this verse. We're going to memorize it. We're going to look at how it fits. We're going to use it to problem solve. Today, we're just going to see where it fits in the story. And, you know, and yeah. just we're not going to do that tomorrow. You will know enough tomorrow to start seeing why we would even memorize this. You know, Yeah, if uh, probably a caution with this is just make sure that if it feels like you're teaching the same lesson twice in a row, you're doing it wrong, yeah, um, yeah. you know, because you, you are kind of rehashing the same stuff, but you're totally doing it two different ways and for two different purposes. So maybe check yourself with that. I'm just looking to see, is there anything screwy about the calendar? No, it looks like it's a normal week. So, so there's a good week. Um, just be cognizant of that little bit of disruption in the flow because you'll start the next week with John two, and then you'll get back to John three. So, you know, it is what it is, but don't be worried that like your students are silent notes taking on the, the storyline. Like, wait a second, you've thrown my storyline. They're not going to know. It's fine. You know? Yeah. yeah, They're fine. Yeah. Okay. Any final parting thoughts? Nope. I think this is a good one. Let's release them from bondage then and say, adieu.